Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to episode, are we on nine or ten? I don't even know. Ten. Episode ten of Spoiler Season. Oh. As always, Spoiler Season is brought to you by New England Comics, NEC Coolidge on Facebook, and Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. So, you might have recognized, uh, or not recognized, a new voice uh, of someone with us today, and that someone is Franz. So Franz, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, about myself? There's a lot. Um, I guess, well, I made you guys probably about... Just like five months ago, four months yeah, ago. Yeah. I mean, I've known you before year. playing Magic at, at New England Comics. Um, I'm from all over the place. I'm a Canadian and American who's probably moving back to Canada pretty soon. Sad. Mm. Um, in terms of Magic, I probably started playing again about two years ago, two and a half years ago, with people at my office. Mm-hmm. Nice. And wanted more people to play with, so found NEC, came there, and has been a ton of fun. Very nice. Excellent. What's your favorite format? Oh, I think modern is starting <laughs> to jump up there. I think sealed is my next. Okay, mm. and what do you play in modern? Because you have a, a unique modern deck. Five color slivers. That's right. That's right. The five color. He's excellent. the sliver guy. He's yes. the sliver guy. Inspired by Adam Bowman. Yes, I Watched like it. it. I, I like it. it. Yeah. Um, and uh, what have you been playing in standard? A janky black red vampires madness deck. So the cards coming up now are kind of exciting me to see how madness is going to be but sure yeah so you have some of the discard outlets and things and like some that. like low cost cards yeah. some cares about discard discard yeah. matters yeah mm-hmm. yeah nice could help the deck and we always like to ask each new guest uh which member of the gatewatch would you most like to see dead <laughs> gideon gideon okay interesting is that two votes for gideon uh did min vote for gideon as well i think so because i voted for nissa min voted for gideon uh, this might be, I think this is your second Gideon vote. Interesting. Interesting. What's your reasoning? He's too good. He's just, uh, too, he's just good. too good. His cards end up being <laughs> too powerful. He's too standard. much the white color that he is represented by. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. He needs Fair to take enough. a step down. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. So uh, we're going to dive into our spoilers here. Um, our first card uh, is Oketra's Attendant. This is white, white three for a flying bird soldier. Uh, it is a three, three. With cycling two and embalm for white white three, so what what pops out at you about this card, Franz? Uh, flying three three limited seems pretty good for, or sorry, three three flyer for limited is pretty good, and also the fact that it comes back, sure, adds ultra value. So if you don't need to fly at the time, if you're ahead of the game, you need a just a finisher. You can cycle, get two, get one card, maybe get your last bit of removal. Yeah. And then you can just bring it back later with Embalm. That's what I really like about it. Is I like, uh, and I was wondering if they would put Cycling and Embalm on the same card. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they've put it on one. Uh, the one they put it on is really underwhelming for Standard, certainly. But sure. uh, in Limited, you know, this is pretty good. Like like Ron said, 5 for a 3 mana for a 3-3 three, three that flies is not terrible. It's like, okay. Um, and the fact that it cycles and Embalms, I think, just makes it pretty good. Yeah. I think this may also be the first... Embalm card where the embalm cost is equal to the original mana cost? It might be. Or it's might one be. of very few. Yeah, Usually embalm is like it more expensive. Be. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So that's kind of nice. It is. Because it it's, it's pretty expensive up front. Totally worth it in limited, but you know, 5 for a 3 3 is like other people could be playing like 6 5s and you're like, I have a 3 3. Yeah. But it flies, which it's is. A flying mummy. It's weird because I think you don't think of zombies as flying very well. The undead is whooshing over your head and killing you. Yeah, you think they would fall apart if they try to fly. Yeah. <laughs> their wings like fall off. All yeah. those bandages holding them together—they're gonna—they're gonna be all right. 
Um, so next we have two deserts. Uh, we mentioned previously that there were going to be more deserts coming out. Mm. We have Grasping Dunes. This taps for colorless, and you can pay one, tap it, and sack it to put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature. Activate this ability only anytime you cast a sorcery. And we have Cradle of the Accursed. This is also a desert. You can tap it for colorless, but you can pay three and tap it and sack it and create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Activate this ability only anytime you can cast a sorcery. So it looks like we're kind of getting one ability one ability for each color, basically. We have Cradle of the Accursed is, makes a black zombie. Grasping Dunes oh. puts a you know, minus one, minus one counter on something, which could be maybe green. Uh, and then we have ETB Deal 1, which is the Drag red. red. So oh, I maybe blue that. will draw a card and then white will, I don't know. I do like something. this theory, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might be wrong. Maybe the last two, because I, I, I think there's two more slots, two more land slots currently. So maybe the last two will just be completely different. But it kind of looks like that's the direction they're going in. Cool. So what do you think of these these deserts as compared to the other one? And what are these going to see play? Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I don't like sacrificing lands. So. The, the thing I like about the other desert is that it's on enter the battlefield that you get the effect. One damage is not going to do a lot. Sure. Um, but but I like that you get to keep the land. I guess, you know, if you are sacrificing your land, you're thinking of activating this in the late game. I don't see either of these things having a huge impact in the late game. Like, one more 2-2 two, two zombie or, like, just one minus one minus one counter is probably not a huge deal. I agree, especially at the cost of sacrificing it. Um, and I think that... If we end up getting more cards that have, care about deserts and have desert matters, mm-hmm. we've seen one or two so far, um, then I think you know, you're know you kind of forced into playing these. But right now, too, if you're looking for a colorless land that does something, like we have better options from Battle for Zendikar, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mirror Pool is still legal. Ruins of Orin Reef is still legal. Oh, yeah. Seagate Wreckage is still legal. There's a lot of good colorless lands that are still legal. The one benefit that deserts have is they do all come into play untapped, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the, the abilities on them are pretty weak. Yeah, I was only thinking of if you have enough artifacts limited, you're okay. I mean, like you probably saw it in two colors. You can draft it late game. You can use it just as a little side trick if you need to. Yeah. But I think it's more to do with constructed decks, or I'm trying to figure out exactly what I would do with yeah. that. It's just kind of like if I'm good with two colors and I have some artifacts, I'll I'll take it. Sure. Later. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The cost is pretty low for just running one colorless land in your deck. It should be fine. Right, especially... Are, oh, well, we have one uncommon, one common, so you'll be able to pick them up, it looks like. I actually yeah. like the common one better. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Oh, I was going to say, I like the uncommon one. Oh, Because okay. I was thinking, well, I'm thinking about Unlimited, if you have some of those um, green creatures where you get the benefit when you take a minus one, minus one counter off, mm-hmm. um, throwing in the grasping dunes and being able to, like, throw an extra minus one, minus one counter on one of your creatures is nice. Yeah. I don't Interesting. know. Or, okay. like, you know... This is sort of sneaky. People might forget about it. Post-combat, they have some damage on your creature, and you're like, yep, just throw minus one, minus one counter on it. I do think that the Grasping Dunes does make combat really tricky for Mm -hmm. your opponent, um, just because you can kill whatever they do if they take X minus one damage for X of their toughness. So Mm -hmm. something to watch out for. It can force them into making, letting some damage through, making some bad blocks, whatever. Yeah, because everyone forgets about effects on lands. Who looks at lands and thinks... I do okay. not forget well. about effects on lands. <laughs> screws you over one too many times. I've never lost too many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so no, exact same way. I you have guys to want to share a yep. bad beat land story? Oh, for me, it's just like before I take any action, I just always look and like if my opponent's lands are not clear. Yeah, like, do you what, have a creature land? What do you have a shambling you? bed? What scarred you so? What scarred me so? I don't know if there's a specific event. It's just like like Fran said, like it happens one too many times, and you're like, I'm never losing to a land again. Yep. Mine was the one that does 
it's an advanced deck in modern where you sack it and you give it to the paladin. I think that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you sack lands with the enchantment. Oh, Night of the Reliquary. Yeah, and there's oh. a land that also boosts it some. Oh, Kessig Wolfron? Yes. Yeah, red green X. Yes. That's Target it. creature gets plus X plus O and trample till end of turn. It's so good. That's mm-hmm. on land? It's on land. Oh. Yeah, that's actually the red green version of your um, uh, Gavany Township. Oh, I love Gavany Township. I know you do. It turns your board of like bad mana dorks into game-ending threats, so I don't know what's not to love. Great mm-hmm. mana sink. Our next card is Harvest Season. This is green two sorcery. Search for up to X basic land cards from your library and put them onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. X is equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. This is weird. I mean, uh, sorry. It's a ramp spell. I just don't know exactly what we're ramping to yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Commander. Commander. I was going to go with Commander. Oh, commander. yeah? I feel Commander. It's like something, lots of token decks. You just make a ton of ah. mana. Come out. Elves could also probably use it. Um, I don't know about Constructed because it seems kind of slow for that in terms of three sorcery. But, I mean, you make so much mana anyway with Elves. Yeah. I think in Constructed... And they go on the battlefield. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's a ramp card. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like a real ramp card instead of one of the bad, like, put a land in your hands. That we've had um, recently. Yeah. So, I think that Harvest Season um, goes best with... And I said this previously about another card, like Harvest Season, which is the second card we have that cares about how many tap creatures you have, mm. right? Which could be a hint at some kind of a mechanic in our Devastation. But, uh, what is it? Throne of the God Pharaoh does the same thing, where if you have tap creatures, they lose life equal to number of creatures you control. Um, and I mentioned that I think that that card would go into a Cryptolithrite deck. And I think that this uh. is the same kind of deck that this card would fit in, because you already want mana... Um, and, like, it's a little bit redundant, because you're like, well, I'm already making mana off Cryptolith, right? But, uh, to me, it feels like you want to be able to tap your creatures without attacking with them. Because you, if you want the card to be good, you want to have a lot of creatures, right? If you want to have a lot of creatures, then you need to be playing, like, small, go-wide things. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be playing an aggro deck, because then you don't care about these lands. So right. the deck that remains is, like, a grindy Cryptolith, right, type deck. Um, so, yeah, I think you played in Cryptolith, right? And, Maybe this never sees playing standard. There's no shell for it. But uh, if one of those exists, I'd look at it. And you, I think what you said is right about there not really being good ramp targets right now. We have Ulamog, and that's about it. But like yeah. Etherworks Marvel just kind of seems better. Yeah, Etherworks Marvel is so efficient at getting out the big stuff. Yeah. What do you about? What do you think about Nissa as a ramp target? Yeah, I mean it allows you to sink your mana in like middle of the game, right at the beginning of the game. So it comes out to maybe the plus two. A couple of times so you can actually yeah. fix your land or fix your hand and then later on i mean you make two five five sure um, yeah elemental creatures which is just hard to stop right it allows you to just kind of we talked about uh last time just kind of killing them on the spot right oftentimes if they don't yeah. have the, the light 10 damage in the air is yeah but i think scary. the other thing to consider is not just like the ceiling of the card where you're like you are getting a massive number of lands off of it but if you have two tap creatures this is good this is really good. This is like a better explosive vegetation if you control two tap creatures, right? You're paying three mana to ramp yourself by two. Um, one tap creature makes this like reasonable, makes it fine. I think two tap creatures is where you want to be if you're going to play this card. You want to reliably be able to have two. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get to three or beyond, I think that this card is insane. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're just pulling yeah. a ton of value out of this card. You're going from turn three uh, having three mana to turn four having seven. Right, if you have three untapped yeah. creatures, which is it insane. can get really out of hand yeah. very quickly. Whereas I think the more traditional, like getting two lands and going from uh, three to six, is a more reasonable thing to do. Yeah, because um, uh, you know, yeah, that's kind of the the rate that explosive vegetation did, where it brought you from uh, four lands on turn four 
to then seven lands on turn five, and that would be the same rate as Harvest Season um, if you get two. Yeah. I hope to see someone play it. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I, I mean, it's also good fixing. It fixes your mana, right? That's yeah. true, you can right? Get any basic. Get the colors you including need, including wastes. Right. For that Eldrazi Displacer that you are obviously running because Eldrazi <laughs> Displacer is a great card. Uh, so our next card is Blood Fury Militant. This is red one for a Minotaur Warrior, Katie. Minotaur. Is that your Minotaur sign? Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it's a 4-3, and when it enters the battlefield, discard a card. So Franz, this is discard. What do you think? I like it. I don't know if it would fit in my deck, but definitely an all red. Like, all red aggro deck. Yeah. Would love it. Yeah. I mean, anything that could tutor, just a big 4-3 for two mana on the battlefield, and just get rid of a land, extra yeah. card, wherever you need to... It's a great rate, right? Two mana for 4-3, great rate. Um, I think that if you're in mono-red, this seems like something you might be interested in. Um, You you know, you kind of go down on card advantage, but, like, that's okay because you're, you know, don't really care about card advantage. You're trying to kill them before they can use other cards in their hand anyways. Um, But I think the ideal is if you're able to discard an Embalm or an Aftermath card so that you're not truly losing card advantage. Or Madness. We still have Madness. Yeah, but I think, like, I think I'd like to play this on turn two more. Mm. than keeping up, like, Fiery Temper on turn three. Um, Which, I think it's nice that, like, its ability makes it not bad later on, um, since you could Madness something, you could play this and then cast Fiery Temper, but I think I like casting this on turn two more if I want to, like, beat down with it. With this deck, do you think you would still splash red for Scrappy of Scrounger so you can chuck the Scrappy of Scrounger and keep bringing it back? Mm. Yeah, I think that, like, it's very natural to want to splash black and bring that Scrounger. I think that would be really good. And the Minotaur Lord. The Minotaur Lord is black-red. This is a Minotaur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is the black-red Minotaur Scrap Heap Scrounger yeah. Madness yeah. deck. And what are you going to, like, so let me see. So you're running probably, let's say, 20 lands. You have this card. You have, like, two Minotaur Minotaurs and Scrounger. So that brings you up to 16. Yeah. So, like, what are you doing with the other 24 cards? Well, I'm hoping that as they spoil the set, yeah. we get some more Minotaurs. Actually, there is the, um... I don't think it's a good rate for constructed. There's the like three cost, three two menace black minotaur. It doesn't come back though. The jackal, standard stable, or uh, flame blade jackal. No flame blade. The oh the one mana. Yeah. Is that a minotaur? Is that a minotaur? Katie can't play it if it's not a minotaur. Oh, so you're going right straight. minotaur tribal because I'm playing saying. the lord. Oh, I'm oh, saying yeah. that that is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crush my dreams. Glad we're on the same yeah. page about that. Right now, yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm, I'm sure they'll print support but, for me. I mean, that card actually last time they just went through is um, similar to Pale Rider. Yeah, it is. It's almost the exact same. It is. Um, for a slightly more aggressive creature, mm-hmm. but no Skulk. Right, right. So I guess and I think the Skulk is like usually not super relevant on Pale Rider. Maybe it is. I don't know. So Skulk but no is, one ever plays Pale Rider. So I didn't like, use it. I have Skulk three, yeah. is something with power less or greater camp block. Greater, yeah. It's like a 4-3, so it's nice... Well, I think no. four three is better. Um, yeah. Like it allows it to like kill a lot of creatures in standard that see play, like Avacyn, um, Grim Flare, uh, Glory Bringer. For some reason, they're blocking with that, which I don't think they are. But you know, yeah. cards like that. Uh, and I, I think if you want to be in an aggro deck, it's just it's nice to have the extra point of power. Yeah, um, but, but I, I wish I, I kind of wish I had the toughness. I mean, one of my, the things playing against um, the Sahili decks is Rogue Refiner is a three two. Yeah. And this is going to trade with Rope Refiner. And not only that, but like, 
well, they play Rogue Refiner, draw a card, you play your thing, discard a card, then they trade, you're down two cards. Yep. Yeah. Pretty bad. That's just terrible. But, yeah. uh, I don't, you know, again, like, a card advantage isn't as important when you are trying to just, like, kill them really fast. Uh, and you could certainly put, like, cart- the red cartouche on this, and now it can't be blocked, right? Or yeah. that turn. So, red cartouche pumps also? Yeah, pumps, haste I believe pumps, pump. haste, and, uh, the turn it comes down, it stops creature from blocking as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah, just a really aggressive card. Yeah. So, Katie, what's her next card? Our next card is Dispossess. This is black two for a sorcery. Name an artifact card. Search target player's graveyard, hand, and library for any number of cards with that name and exile them. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Lost Legacy yeah. for yeah. artifacts. Better Lost Legacy for artifacts because they don't get to draw, um, but it's much narrower because it only hits artifacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's much to say about this card. Like, We get a lot of these effects they're rarely very good just because of how narrow they are and like they need to be your opponent needs to be doing something really really busted for you to consider using this and like losing a card right Etherworks marvel yeah i think that like there's an argument for bringing this in against Etherwork marvel decks uh especially yeah. if those get get better mm-hmm. um but i can't think of like any other artifact that i would bring this in um against. also shoot you for three why am i not thinking of the other thing um, oh dynable tower dynable tower decks uh, yeah maybe you could oh, bring actually, this in against dynable tower yeah because um, that's like one of their main win conditions. Yeah, sure. Uh, you do torrential gear hulk, yeah. I guess. Uh, oh right, so, that's an artifact. Yeah, you forget uh, the gear hulks because they're colored. I made that mistake using lost like lost legacy on the gear. Oh uh, yeah. And realized I had to change my target. Yeah. Uh, so I when I saw that that was one of the, the things I had to think about with control decks that always gets me is the gear hulk. Yeah. Gear yeah. Hulk is hard to get out of the way. Yeah, I like kind of like dispossess against Gearhulk. I like it less against Seamer t- uh, against uh, Dynable Tower just because Dynable Tower is so much cheaper that they're probably gonna have like one on board before you get to play this and mm. cast it. But Gearhulk, they're gonna be digging to on turn six. They're often gonna have one in their hand, so being able to rip it out is you know pretty strong. Mm. Our next card is our next card is debut, which actually is for start in English. Create two one one white warrior creature tokens with vigilance, and then finish, which is aftermath. And as an additional cost to cast, finish, sacrifice creature, destroy target creature. Evaluation. What do, what do you what do you think? I so after doing Modern Masters just recently and seeing, um, not aftermath cards, but uh, unearth. Flashback. Oh, flashback. Or unearth. I mean, when you can do something twice with one individual card in limited, I find it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. two one one white creatures, and then later on you could actually sacrifice one of those creatures to take out something big that they have. So if you know mm. someone is just rocking a big creature in their limited sealed deck, you get a little protection, last a few rounds, and then take out whatever you need. I think it's good. I mean, it is a condition that you have to have a creature to do this. But if you're playing that kind of white, blacks, token, zombie, and bomb, you know, I think you'll have enough creatures to get it done. Yeah. Actually, I like your point because I hadn't noticed the, the start part fuels the finish because you do put the creatures on the battlefield, and you're perfectly happy to sack... One 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 token, which isn't even the full like benefit that you got from the card to destroy something huge that they have. Yeah, I think in limited this card's very strong. Um, it makes modis, and then if you find that you don't really need them anymore, um, or they just play something better, um, you, you just get to kill something. Uh, so this is a, like a really good split card in limited, yeah. um, and I like both halves a lot. Both halves are cheap, competitively costed, great. Uh, in constructed, the front side is way too slow. Yeah. Um, the back side. I could only see me playing in a deck that, like, 
and I, like I don't think it will, but I can I could only see it being played in a deck like Delirium, where you're gonna be dumping stuff into your graveyard, and then this card going into your graveyard is basically like drawing a card. Um, but I, I still just think like there's just better stuff to be casting in, in Delirium deck. So not a huge fan, but in limited it's definitely powerhouse, and I, I would pick this pretty highly. I think. Yeah. yeah. Quick question for Delirium. Um, if you have this card in your graveyard, does it see two types, instant yes. and sorcery? Yes. Ah. Also note that the start is an instant, so you can like ambush attackers with mm -hmm. the one ones as well. Oh yeah. That's what I love about the like. I'm really interested to see what people do with Bedlam, like Bedlam Reveler, all these different creatures that count the amount of instants and sorceries because does this count as two? two? What? So, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like interested to see the the flavor of how this really adds oh. to is it kind of very fast. Yeah. Um, fast yeah. So you have the blue, blue, the serpent from the other day. That's what I was going to say. Well, the yeah. serpent that you can cast for like one less for every instant sorcery looks a lot better if all of these count for two. I don't think it does because I think a well, lot. Well, in of... limited, in limited. Oh, still. Limited. Sure. Still not for constructed. But yeah. in limited, that's even more exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. <laughs> You're not excited. I'm not. I don't think <laughs> it's going to be great. I think it's like. In limited, it's a big fatty. But. So if you play it in limited, like, yeah, it's a big fatty, but that means you can't have already cast the Aftermath, because otherwise you're exiling both halves, right? Yeah. Um, and additionally, like, your your instant sorcery count is still not going to be super high. So I don't think my evaluation, like, with this piece of information, my evaluation doesn't change the card. Like, I think that it's a decent card that I will pick and take, because, like, if I have two instant sorceries in the graveyard, like, then I get to play this. Um, but... If I have one more because one of them is a split card, like it's still good. It gets a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like it. I think my evaluation stays about the same. Alrighty. So our next card is Shadow of the Grave. This is black one instant. Return to your hand all cards in your graveyard that you cycled or discarded this turn. I had the like the reaction of the internet. I thought of News Constrictor pretty much right away. Yeah, News Constrictor oh. is kind of the auto go to with this card. Yeah, thank goodness you thought of that because I was like, you're always paying for cycling. Most like a lot of discard effects are discard one or you have to pay to discard. So I was like, I don't see how you're gonna pay to discard and cycle and then bring them back to your hand in the same turn. Yeah. Well, I think the other deck you put this in is um, if it wants black is the Drake Haven deck. Because if you have this in Drake Haven, then you cycle a bunch of stuff, you pay two mana, right? Oh, you're going to have a bunch of one mana cyclers anyways. Make a bunch of Drakes, and then you end of turn, bring all your cards back, and then you get to just do it again. And, like, that's awesome. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it seems like this is a combo piece mm -hmm. uh, in one of those two decks. Either the, like, I want to discard a lot of stuff to News Constrictor and, like, the uh, one-drop red card that pumps itself whenever you cycle or discard, or the Drake Haven deck. Yep. I'm more interested to see what this does in other formats, like modern, because yeah. I don't know the format as well, sure. in terms of being able to dump your whole entire hand, whatever you want, yeah. and then get it back. Yeah. Seems like a ridiculous... Yeah. So with uh, we have a little bit of this in standard, because with Collective Defiance, you're able to go, if you have five mana, you can go red, red, one, discard your hand, draw that many cards, and then Shadow of the Grave, bring them all back. Uh, or you could play Chandra oh. uh, Flamecaller, zero, discard your hand, draw an extra card, then Shadow the Grave, bring them all back. Uh, so, I, yeah, oh. I guess it works in the in those kinds of shells as well. So there's three possible shells that we can think of um, that might want this card. Yeah. Also with Hazaret, people yeah. love this. Yeah. Just dump your hand, be able to attack, get those cards back at the end. Yeah. That does start to, I think, be a little mana intensive just because you're paying three mana discard. It discards one, right? One yeah. card. Um, and you, so you need five mana to get just one back. Um, and I don't know that Hazaret wants to be in a deck 
where you're going to use it multiple times. That's right? true. That's true. Um, Are there any um, cards that we've seen that reduce the cost of cycling? Yeah, there's a one that makes it zero. Yes. Blue. Oh, new perspectives. Yeah, so I guess that is the card that you were talking about in terms of not, you know, cycle becomes zero that way. If you have a lot of cycling cards in your hand, just get rid of it. I don't know in standard that card would be way too slow. Yeah, blue five for an enchantment. Yeah, a, but I like mean, it it's a pretty cards. high upside of just going zero, 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 Drake, 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 and then black spell, bring them all back because I paid zero mana this turn. For the Drakes, you have to pay one in addition. Sure. So it's That's one, 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 one to cycle, and then two to bring them back. Well, I mean, you're yeah, you're not paying one to cycle, right? You're paying one to make the drake. Yeah, yeah. You, that's yeah. What so you, you pay one, you make a bunch of drakes, you pay two, bring them all back, and you do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not on board with that, but I like the news constrictor. I know. Um, I don't think it's good. I know, I know. but it's a hypothetical situation. Yeah, this is all sure, sure. very hypothetical. Um, yes, I, I like the news constrictor route and the. The Chandra, I hadn't thought about those ways of like just discarding your whole hand. Or even Bomat Courier. Uh, Nahiri's Wrath. Nahiri's Wrath. Mm-hmm. Actually, that would do a lot of damage to the whole board. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd still need five mana to do it right. in total to do it one turn. but. You know, so there's a lot of really options. cool interactions, it seems huh. like, with Shadow of, the Gra- Shadow of the Grave and these kinds of uh, red cards that let you discard for value, right? Mm-hmm. Discard yeah. and draw new cards or discard and kill stuff. Like Absolutely. it. So next up, we have Hieroglyphic Illumination, which is blue three instant, draw two cards, and cycle for blue. The immediate impulse here is to compare it to Glimmer of Genius, because yep. it is also blue three instant, but... Scry two. Scry two, draw two, two energy. cards, make two energy. Draw two cards. And this, instead of the scry and the energy, you get cycling. Yep. I, I feel like most of the time you're going to want to scry and um, get energy. I think it's going to depend on what deck you're playing because I think that like the current builds of control will probably prefer Glimmer, but I don't know that it's an either or. They could run four Glimmer and like one of these, one or two of these, or they could run like a three Glimmer, one or two of these, uh, because the cycling is like a really nice thing to be able to do, and I, I think that that has has a lot of value. Let you use your mana efficiently, search for lands earlier on, um, etc. But I also think that the like you know, Drake Haven deck. I think any of these one mana cyclers in Drake Haven that also allow you to do like a real thing, like, oh I can draw two real cards with this. Um, is I think I prefer to play this in Drake Haven over Glimmer of Genius. Sure. Like I know controls control players like love Glimmer of Genius. Is there a reason to run a four of, of that and then also maybe more to just kind of double up on that effect if yeah. you want to draw cards? Yeah. Um, I think that running like four Glimmer and one to two of these is totally reasonable. Okay. If you want to. I I just think that control is gonna be looking different. Because, like, we're getting better finishers, uh, and we're getting um, pull from tomorrow, and pull from tomorrow is insane. Um, so I feel like I don't want to load up too high because I feel like I'm running two or three pull from tomorrow at my top end. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I want to run uh, five or six of these four mana draw spells in addition to uh, the two really big draw spells. Oh, pull from tomorrow is like the. What, blue X, blue, blue X? Yeah, and nets you the same number of cards as Sphinx's Revelation or Blue Sun Zenith, mm-hmm. which is mm. really, really good. Because we've seen that those cards are just like, have seen play in control decks while they're in standard um, and are kind of hard to come back from. Because I see, I, I really want to play like coming up soon, some toward, like, sort of Grixis control deck. Yeah. Mm. Bring back Thing in the Ice somehow <laughs> and bring back that big 6 6 monster that has uh, cards 
minus one minus one equal to the number of cards in your hand. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the black. It's black, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a blue one. Uh, Grolf's masterpiece is blue. Yes. And lets you. Uh, it's like a seven-seven flying that gets yeah. minus one minus one for each card in your hand. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because red with the new deal three damage to each individual creature. There's lots of board wipes. It seems like with mm-hmm. black, red, blue. Yeah. So I feel it'd be pretty fun to try and this card seems to be pretty good like to go well with it just because it is one blue instead of the two blue that you need from glibber and genius yeah even though you are a control deck and you should be okay this seems kind of nice and also if you don't want to expend all your mana just to draw two cards you can just quickly get rid of it definitely yeah so definitely. constructed seems good and then limited i would totally take this card if i were running blue yeah and it's at common so that's nice and i think in limited you want to be careful to not take too many of these because like the cards you're drawing are generally going to be, on average, low impact. Um, so card draw unlimited, I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I think having one, maybe two of these in your uh, deck is, is probably decent if you're in blue. And especially if you want to kind of durable. Yeah. Or if you have any things that care about cycling. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if it was just straight draw four. Then draw like, two. Yeah, sorry, four mana, draw two. Um, then less good and limited, but it's just the fact that it cycles means like it be- suddenly becomes extra playable. Mm-hmm. Extra playable. Oh, Cascading Cataracts. Land, indestructible, question mark. Uh, <laughs> tap, add one colorless to your mana pool, or tap five, and this to add five mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool. Uh, just start with limited. I would take this right away. I mean, it just allows you to get into... Any colors, if you want to splash another color, would be a third color, even a fourth color. You know, you're pretty much good. I mean, I wouldn't do that considering right now the mana base isn't yeah. as um, great as it can be, but I would love this in, I don't know about standard, but can, I mean, uh, Commander, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, Commander. Commander, I'm sure loves this card. Commander. Yeah. yeah. We play so much Commander, we can weigh in on it really, yeah. really. Do you play Commander? No, not at all. No. <laughs> I wouldn't know it. Okay. I don't, I don't play Commander either. I just know I have Slivers. And yeah. I have five crossovers, so... <laughs> so the, you look at this and you're like, man, this would make all of the cards in my deck so much easier to cast. Everything would be, yeah, a <laughs> rainbow as we have on the picture. Yeah, I guess, like, the funny thing about this, though, if you think about being greedy and limited, up to the first five turns, assuming you're hitting every land drop, this is not making a color. It's making colorless, so it's actually making it harder for you to play multiple colors. And then it's fixing your mana in the late game, like, which is also probably when you've drawn enough cards to maybe get your other colors it's kind of weird mana fixing that's true i mean it's not like shimmering grotto which you could just take another land and turn it into a color mm-hmm. it right. definitely is later on but that's kind of when i'd probably be using the big splash that's true it is a big color yeah or, or a big multicolor kind of creature so i'm okay with it being a colorless as long as i do have good color fixing in my actual deck so i would be playing something like greenish yeah um but i i really like like the card and also i really love the artwork yeah, yeah. it's really really pretty um, I think a couple things to note with this, the fact that it has indestructible is a little strange. Yeah. Uh, it could be hinting at something in Hour of Devastation. It could be some kind of flavorful story thing that we just don't know about yet. Um, I think additionally, things to think about are uh, we still, even though they were supposed to have rotated, we have the Battle for Zendikar Converge cards, which means yeah. you can cast uh, with six mana, bring to light for five. You can cast uh, the Take Control of a Creature for five very easily. Right, since you're getting just one of each color, mm-hmm. um, and you also this could hint as well at like more multicolor stuff in our devastation. Maybe some more shard support, uh, for example. 
Um, but yeah, I like it in standard. I think that like if you're trying to go like if you're a control deck that's trying to play a light splash or some other colors, like this is really nice. Yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, um, a lot of the aftermath cards are two colors, so I could see. I don't. I don't remember which ones that we said could be, uh, you know, standard playable. But I could see a control deck that has um, an aftermath card that you know the primary card card is blue, and then maybe the aftermath is a different color, and this helps them cast that later in the sure. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lets you feel a little bit better about in limited as well putting uh, off color split cards into your deck because you'll probably be able to cast them later with this card. Um, and speaking of split cards, uh, our next card is called Commit to Memory. This is uh, the commit side is blue three instant. Put target spell or non-land permanent into its owner's library second from the top. And memory is a sorcery. It's blue, blue, four, aftermath. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library, then draws seven cards. So uh, I like the front side a lot. I like commit. Uh, four mana is a little bit expensive, um, but this is like a really nice way for blue to have an answer to planeswalkers that have resolved. Uh, while still not being dead otherwise, because you can, like, counter a spell. And this is different than what we've seen in terms of, like, return it to its owner's hand, right? Because when you return it to your owner's hand, you're going down on card advantage, unless you're playing Remand and Modern. Um, This, you're not going down on card advantage. You are essentially countering the spell, and they just happen to draw another copy of that spell two turns (laughs) away. Um, But that also gives you time to, like, set up and prepare for it, if it's something that you need to deal with. So I, I like the commit side, and then the memory side just seems like sweet bonus tacked on because, uh, like, yes, sure, you can if you have a bunch of mana, you can go, I'm going to commit on your turn, bounce a spell or a permanent, then on my turn, I'm going to memory, and then it really is just countered, right? It completely wipes it away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more interested in using this to refuel and trying to say, like, uh, you know, my opponent has a decent number of cards in hand. I need to draw more so, like, I get to refill my hand while not giving them too many cards. However, I think that kind of a scenario is difficult to conjure up because if you're playing this deck, you're probably playing some kind of like tempo or control deck maybe, and control decks are going to have more cards in their hand than their opponents anyways. Tempo decks don't, I don't think, really want to cast a six mana spell. So I think the memory side's a little bit awkward, but it's just icing on top of a decent front side card commit. Yeah, and it goes in flavor with the blue god. I mean, you fill your hand up afterwards, so you'd be able to use your god again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I like that. Like you said, I mean, target spell. So it gets rid of Planeswalkers. And right mm-hmm. now, Planeswalkers are running amok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely needed. And then I, the, the second part, just because I am such a hellbent player, huh. having seven <laughs> cards in my hand in the middle of the game is just awkward for me. So I yeah. don't know what to do. Sure. sure. <laughs> Usually people don't complain about having more cards uh, in their no. hand. I've never complained about such a thing. No, for me, if I have like too many cards, it's like I, I, I haven't been spending them correctly yeah that's fair uh one more note is that uh it's this is another kind of example of us talking about needing more flexible answers right this is a blue way to deal with any non-land permanent deals with vehicles deals with planeswalkers um deals with enchantments uh deals with any kind of troublesome thing right you can bounce the heal in the middle of a combo whatever you need to do so it's nice if it resolves uh you can deal with it after and if you want to counter it on the stack you can do that too yeah like a lot I do really like, because like you said, blue has so much trouble dealing with stuff on the board. You always play blue, and you have the counter spells, and you play black to actually get rid of stuff that you didn't counter in time. Sure. Um, And this obviously is not always a permanent way of dealing with it. And I was even thinking, you know, if you bounce the uh, Nyssa back into the library, two turns later, maybe they drew another land, and then they have a bigger Nyssa to hit you with. 
So could be good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think four is is uh, you know a problem in constructed? I mean, it has the flexibility of spell or non-land permanent, mm-hmm. but four seems expensive. Yeah. First thing I said is that it's it's expensive. Like I, I don't I, I'm I don't think that this will actually see play over cards like Void Shatter because oh, yeah. um, in standard you're not just playing mono blue. Like if you're playing mono blue, then this I think is a very good card to include. Um, but if you're in any other color, like primarily white, I think you just play white, so you have cast out. Uh, what is it? Cast out, cast away, uh, and yeah, but you can exile stuff to, that you need to deal with. So I mean, is this a good follow up to disallow? In terms of your turn three, you can stop I, something. Then that I don't know. I think on turn four, I'd much rather cast glimmer uh, than commit. But you know, it's it's a fine option. As someone who doesn't know blue constructed, I was kind of interested. To yeah, see. I think because I think like what you have to do is say, okay, well. If I have this card and another counterspell in my hand, and I could be running instead of commit just a counterspell, I think I would rather have the counterspell because counterspell is going to be three mana, which is a little bit cheaper, easier to cast, and then also I don't think that the memory in a control deck that memory is a high enough upside to merit playing this over a three mana counterspell. Okay. Our next split card is Spring to Mind. Uh, this is green two sorcery. Search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. And Mind is the Aftermath side. This is blue, blue, four, instant. Aftermath, draw two cards. What do you think of this one, Katie? This is another ramp spell, and we still don't have anything to ramp to, so there's that. And um, the other ramp spell we looked at today is the same cost, green two, and can potentially get you a lot more than one land. So not super impressed with that. I'm oddly a little bit more excited about this because I actually think that the uh, Aftermath side is good. What? Yeah, I like it too. I honestly, you guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking more like I don't know about constructive, but for me, for limited, if mm-hmm. I'm in Simic color and I know pretty much this is gonna go pass around the whole entire table, because <laughs> I don't think a lot of people. I mean, if you're not running blue and green, mm-hmm. this is a pretty hard card to use. Yeah, um, Spring does provide some mana fixing. Nice, yeah. nice touch. Spring helps you get to mind faster. Um, and I think that the biggest benefit of mind is that it's six mana. Uh, sorry, is that it's I'm sorry, an instant. it's a benefit it's that it's six yeah. mana? <laughs> because that way they can't counter it. Uh, with Spellqueller. Spellqueller, exactly. Oh, good um, So, no, because I think this is the kind of card where you're like, uh, we're kind of in this stall-y state, no one's doing anything, but, oh, end of turn, let me just draw two cards. Yeah. Right? I think like this is actually a really good upside. Like This is a split card that's just... Both sides are actually putting you up cards um, and providing value, uh, and I, I think that this card's pretty good. Definitely. All right. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. So, Katie, I know it's not quite your style, but it's a big green beater, so <laughs> I want to hear the next one. Yeah. So, this is Sandworm, with a U, Convergence. All worms in Magic are, well, the, you know, worm worms are U, but, like, the little tiny worms are O. <laughs> yeah, like big like dragon snake things are worms. Like yep. wingless dragons, right? Are spelled to you. Okay. Well, uh yeah, sandworm convergence. This is green green six for enchantment. Oof, there's a ramp target for you. <laughs> yeah, well we'll see if it's worth it. Um creatures with flying can't attack you or planeswalkers you control. Reverse moat. And at the beginning of your end step, create a five five green worm creature token. So First impressions. Uh my first impression is eight is a ton of mana, and I'm not really sure if this is worth it. I mean, I guess over 
I don't know. We don't we don't have a lot of decks that are killing you with like almost exclusively flying creatures. So the first part doesn't seem that relevant. What was um, the second though? The second is good. I mean, a five-five worm every turn is something that they have to answer. But but again, on turn eight, a five-five worm like you can play stuff with ETBs. It, I think it's um, if you're at a at a stall and then you have this like sitting there every turn making this large creature. That's where it gets scary. But I think if you're casting this on turn eight, you're doing it wrong. Like I, this card is not good on turn. Oh eight. yeah, you're paying eight mana for a five-five. Yeah, um, and then probably another 5-5 the next turn, then you're dead. Um, I think this is a card you want to ramp to and play on turn 5. Uh, if you can play this on turn 5, then I think it's really strong. Because this shuts off part of Kieran, which is good. Um, yeah. And then after that, I think it's going to be very difficult to beat a 5-5 five five every single turn. And note that the 5-5 five five is made at the beginning of your end step, which means you do get one the first turn you come down. Uh, it comes down, you don't have to wait a, uh, two turns. Yeah. Dragon Master Outcast. Yeah, it's basically it's still like, going to be in standard yeah. when this comes out. I yeah. like thought of that right when I saw it. I yeah. had like a big worm. I'm like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Dune. Yeah, you guys have <laughs> yeah. seen it. The so, spice must flow. Yeah, and at the same time, when I was playing, watching those movies when I was little, there was Ice Age. I had that seven six big worm. Yeah, and so just seeing this made me like smile right when I saw it. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean it stops flyers, which. As a, mainly a green deck, you're going to have a lot of ground creatures. That is true. You have a problem problem with flyers. Mm-hmm. Stops bird god. Yep. And all of a sudden, just big worms start coming out of nowhere. I think this card's awesome. I would play it limited. I'd play it constructed standard if I could with yeah. Dragon Master Outcast and just try to figure something out. Yeah. And just give it a shot. I really I, I like it too. Uh, well, I mean, this with Dragon Master Outcast with the green ramp spell, I don't know. You're getting, like, yeah, like, you're getting plus Nissa, right? Like, if you're in Teamer, like, you might have enough stuff to start going, like, okay, well, if I'm ramping with lands instead of Marvel, that's a uh, motivation for me to include, or an incentive for me to include Dragon Master Outcast. Right, because you get the lands on board to get the the creatures early. Though it does die to every single thing in the game. (laughs) Would this count as Etherworks Marvel, or is that just a creature? Yep, this works with Etherworks Marvel as well. Um, So you could help give those decks a bit of an infusion, because... Ulamog is their only real target right now, right, mm-hmm. since Evercool is banned. So going for Ulamog and three of these or some mix of those, right, just makes it more likely to hit something really strong. And getting this on turn four is awesome. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Is um is Dragon Master Outcast a 1-1? One, one? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... For one. It, for one, yeah. If but you it also uh, punch has it the... in the gut, it dies. Yeah. Gut shot. Get it, get it, get it. Gut yeah. Shot. yeah. It also has the ballista problem. I mean, every time I look yep. at a one toughness creature right now, I'm like, ballista just shoots it and yep. sticks around. Ballista is uh, one of like the low-key secret oppressive cards of the format, right? It because is. every single yeah. deck can play it, and it actually warps deck building around itself. Where like you can't play one uh, toughness creatures unless those one toughness creatures are like obscenely powerful, right? Like yeah. Toolcraft Exemplar. We still play, but then you side it out uh, post board anyways. So <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of that problem with um, what's the last Liliana's name? Last hope. Last hope. Oh, yep, that one. Uh, last hope because she did the minus two minus one, yeah. and so if you were playing like blue white flash and you had selfless spirits, and I didn't play the rattle chains versions, but if you did, um, you just had a bunch of creatures that died to her too. I think the big difference though is that. Uh, Liliana fit in one deck and Walking yeah. Ballista goes in Any like every deck. deck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's so flexible and it's good early, it's good late. It's ugh, such a strong card. Yeah. 
So next we have uh, a weird card. Really weird. Uh, we have Glorious End. This is red two instant, end the turn. And the reminder text we are going to read just so people can better evaluate this. Uh, exile all spells and abilities on the stack, including this card. The player whose turn it is discards down to his or her maximum hand size, damage wears off, and this turn and until end of turn effects end. Uh, and then at the beginning of your next end step, you lose the game. Fun card. Fun, fun, fun card. This is a, like, can be used in so many different ways, right? Okay. A... Please, please. Oh, yes. what? Enlighten us. You guys don't believe me? I... Okay, listen, listen. This yeah. card is a red time walk if you cast yes. it on their upkeep. It's a red counter spell if you cast in response to a spell they cast. It's a red fog if you cast it before damage. Um, it is a way to buy yourself one more turn to combo off. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's the here's the clincher, okay. With a Gideon emblem out, this yes. just ends the turn. Yeah, because you won't lose. You don't lose the game. You just get another turn. Pretty much. I saw that. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> that took the, me a second. I did not. I could not get there. I was like, plus one, plus one to your team doesn't do anything. I was yeah. thinking of the wrong Gideon. It's yeah. get three in. Really cool thing you can also do with this is if you cast Glorious End and then the next turn, uh, before end of turn, you cast another Glorious End, you can delay and buy yourself an extra turn as well. Yeah. Oh, also? Uh, you can also disallow the trigger. Oh. Uh, if you need to. Oh, okay. So there's some ways to, like, not just yeah. kill yourself. It's debatable whether, like, the ability is good <laughs> enough to merit these kinds of wacky workarounds, but it's possible to work around it. Yep. For me, when I saw this card, I was like, yeah, Commander cards probably like it. I don't play Commander, but I know people are kind of raving about it. And I want to make a Triskaidekiphobia after this. Sure. Oh, just gives me one extra turn to find the card. You know, because I will lose probably just by, by, <laughs> by sheer that I'm playing deck. a Triskaidekiphobia. Anyways, you know, it gives me another chance. And if I get it, I'll be the happiest person. Yeah. If not, yeah. then there you go. I lose the game. <laughs> one other um, application of this in modern... Uh, even though I think it's just worse than the current build, is this with Hive Mind causes your opponent to lose the game on their next turn. Mm -hmm. um, except Hive Mind is usually just going to be better with the packs because they're cost zero. Um, so, hmm. something to think about. But. Yeah. I guess, uh, so I hadn't realized the Gideon Emblem stopped this, but I think this is going to be a little flavor win because don't we have like Gideon's intervention and Gideon looks like he's jumping in front of the chosen one to like protect him from dying to a god. Yeah. So this sort of looks like, you know, someone dying in a pit probably from a trial that they were doing for the gods. Yeah. I also think it's really risky to rely on Gideon to save you because all that happens is like this goes on the stack and then they cast out Gideon and then you die anyways, mm. which is a pretty disappointing yeah. way. Yeah. Or you could say it's actually quite a glorious end. Last point I have is also there are many times in games with my current madness deck where if I had this card and I'm not using my mana, I could just let them think they're attacking me for their last bit of damage, mm. and then I can go in after and yeah. kill them. Because it's always yeah. just if I just had that one extra turn, yeah. I could get them. Right. Like Blood but, Hall Priest or whatever. Sure, like sure. Uh, and it's nice that it's on color for your specific deck, yeah. um, but like that, uh, I think by itself hasn't led to fogs being played, right? Which is mm -hmm. kind of like the same idea. Yeah. Um, though I have lost to, uh, when was it? In, I'm trying to think, con standard? Uh, I was playing against Obzon, and I was on, I believe, Jeskai Black, or uh, Esper Control, one of those two. And my opponent fogged, 
he cast Druid's Deliverance, uh, I think was the card, and he cast it like twice, and I died because like he had Siege Rhinos, and mm-hmm. I was just very surprised. Uh, actually, I don't think I did die. I think I won, and I was like, "Why well, uh, Fog? Like that's a bad card." Yeah, so I did win. But you have another story with Fog. It's a little different. Yeah, I mean that was it was limited. It was um, Modern Masters. The latest right? Modern Masters seventeen. I was uh, playing against. A kind of new player had very messy lands, and uh, two games in a row, I had him almost dead, down to like literally two life, and he fogs. I'm like, all right, fine. He plays some green cards, get his fog back from the graveyard. Next turn, he fogs. Then wow. the next turn, he casts a natural fog from his hand, and he kills me because literally three turns in a row, he just fogged. And it's, you know, it's a limited format. That was and game I, two, right? What happened in game three? Yeah, so our final game, he again cast two fogs in a row, and then the final turn of the game, second to last turn of the game, he casts two cards, ends up getting being able to get his fog back from the graveyard again. And you're on turn, this is turn four. This is turn four, right. Of extra turns. We're down to the wire. Yeah. And so he gets his fog back, and everyone starts to groan, and then someone goes, wait, count his lands, because they're in like a jumble. That was me. I, I recommended that she count his lands because they were a disaster and it was a little a little off, I think. Yeah, and it turns out if he had just cast his spells in a different order, he could have cast the fog one last time, yeah. but he didn't. And Instead, so, you killed him. On turn five, I killed him. There you go. Yeah, so fogs, You're good fog. until they're not. Then, of course, there's the time when in Ravnica Standard, I was playing Maze's End uh, in a you know turbo fog shell, and my opponent... Uh, I think it might be one of the first times I'd seen him at, uh, at the store. and Maybe the last time. Well, we're going to get there. Uh, so he was on black-white, I believe. Black-white or Obzon. With, like, Obzid out of Ghost Council, Obzid out of Ghost Council, and uh, Elspeth, and, like, all the really powerful cards. And uh, last turn of the game, I have nine gates. I need one more. Uh, I have, like, four cards in hand. None of them are fogs. I'm at 52 life. And the, my opponent is so distraught and so frustrated with the deck that, and he's so, he's just been increasingly despondent each turn yeah. that he just was like, combat, and I said, sure. <laughs> and then he just like turns a random set of creatures sideways, and I'm like, okay, let's count up the damage. So we count it up 51. <laughs> so I go to one life, and the next turn, I get my last piece and win the game. Uh, and then we get to your part, Katie, where. As you said, uh, he, we did not see him come back to the store after that. Oh no! So I think I ruined magic for someone, which is a little, a little sad. But yeah. oh well. Everyone loses. Everyone loses sometimes. Um, so Heart Piercer Manticore is the next card. We have Red Red Two Manticore for a four three. When it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Heart Piercer Manticore deals damage equal to that creature's power to target creature or player, and it does have Embalm for red 5. So it's a 4-3 with a fling attached. I love this card. Love everything about it. Trying to figure out what kind of deck it would really work out. 4, I my first thought was Lupine Prototype. 5-5, five, sure. five, cheap. Get it mm. down. Also, the gigantic 7-11 ship that with the two of those things, <laughs> you could dread crew. Right. <laughs> so you can crew the, uh, the Dreadnought, put it down, that comes down, sacrifice, then crew the Dreadnought, and then yeah. sacrifice that somehow with another outlet. I don't know. Um, and it just seems like a really good card. Limited. Seems like a boss. Yeah. Uh, for, I don't know, actually. 4-3 for 
four mana body that you'd have to sacrifice something well you don't have to i was gonna say one of the nice things is it's you may sacrifice oh, you may. Oh. right so if you have the thing on board and you want to kill another creature or deal some damage to like end the game you can mm-hmm. but you don't have to if you're like lacking other creatures or all your other stuff is too good and you don't want to throw it there's also a really tricky thing about the wording of this ability that i want to point out because it's going to get a lot of people is what happens when this card comes down heart piercer manicore enters the battlefield and the ability goes on the stack, and that means the ability needs a target. You, The target for the ability is the creature or player that you want to deal the damage to. So what you do is you play this card, and you say, I would like to deal damage to Verger's Gearhulk. Your opponent then has a window to respond. If they do not respond, the ability resolves, you sack your creature, and the damage is dealt. And if they choose to respond and pump it, you can choose not to sacrifice a creature. Oh. So just a, a lot of, I think this is going to lead to a lot of judge calls because people are going to be confused over how this works. Yes. Um, but definitely keep that in mind when you're playing this card. And you, do you, you don't have to name the creature that you would no. sack. You no. just say, I'm going to target your face or I'm going to yep. target this creature. And then they have to choose what to do. If they're going to respond or not. Ooh, I like having the info on my side. Absolutely. It forces your opponent to act first, which is always good. Yeah, you're like, haha, I would never sack a creature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's interesting as well that this card is in the same format as Fling, which means that maybe you could build a standard deck, which has a lot of high-power creatures, like the 4-3 we saw earlier. You play kind of an aggro early game, and then you use Fling or Heartpiercer Manticore to just finish them off. And there's Barrage Tyrant, too, which does it as creature. That's also a Barrage Tyrant. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Barrage Tyrant. That's so another, expensive, right? That's like that's expensive. A, and then you have to pay to use the ability yeah. as well. It's like, I would say, the last option in yeah. terms of if you're playing the counter. Sure. But it's deck. definitely, it's another thing with fling on it. Uh, yeah. Fling thing. Yeah, they did all fling things. <gasps> that would it. be a great name for a deck. Fling thing. Yeah. Fling things. Fling things. DM. <laughs> I'd play that deck. Yeah. I just wish I could have all these cards. There's so many decks I want to build. <laughs> I know. But I would, it, for me as an aggro player playing red, I would think about this in the sideboard. Yeah. yeah. Against control decks, just because, I mean, the embalm, it comes back. And any type of recursion, I feel, with a red deck, or like an aggro deck against a control deck, is just so good. That's why I love Scrap Thief Conjure. It yeah. kept coming back and kept coming back. Embalm, does this work with... Um, I was always wondering if this embalm feature mm-hmm. works with Prized Amalgam. I don't think it does, though. No. Because okay. oh. you're creating a token, you're not having a creature leave the graveyard and go into the battlefield, right? Okay. okay. Um, so because uh, Prized Amalgam says, if a creature enters the battlefield from the graveyard this turn... Then it comes into play. Uh, Embalm exiles the creature from the battlefield and then creates a token on the battlefield that was never in the graveyard. Yeah. Um, that's a copy. But like red, black, Embalm seems just like a really interesting deck right now. Sure. There's so many things that yeah. you can you know, get rid of, whether it be through the looting cards or pay two, uh, get rid cycle. of three, draw two. So, yeah, it's like a oh, oh um, Cathartic Reunion. Cathartic Reunion. Tormenting Voice. Yeah, yes, sure. Those two cards with zombies with these cards yeah seems oh, yeah. to be very interesting but i could go away from vampires even though i do love them <laughs> and the thing that i like I, the embalm cards that i like the best are the embalm cards that have etbs that are values mm-hmm. like heart pierce manticore and angel of sanctions uh because embalm is already going to often give you a two for one right because yeah. they, you're bringing it back with an etb that provides value it's actually providing like a little bit more than a two for one because so far the ones we've seen like Angel Sanctions exiles something, but it comes back when the angel dies. And Heart Pierce Magic Core, like, it enters the battlefield, then you're sacking a creature to presumably kill another creature, so it's actually kind of a one-for-one. But, like, this extra value tacked on with a card that has Embalm, um, I think just pushes it pushes Embalm into the realm of being constructed playable. Yeah, red is just getting a big boost, I think, yeah. in this whole yep. entire set. I feel like red looks pretty good. Especially the mono-red aggro deck that we've been talking about. I think it looks very strong. Ooh. Yeah. 
So our next card is Vizier of Deferment. This is white 2 for a 2-2 Flash Human Cleric. When Vizier of Deferment enters the battlefield, you may exile a target creature if it attacked or blocked this turn. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. I like this card in a deck that you are quite fond of, Katie. Uh, Blue Way Flash. Oh, um, because I think this card is super flexible. Because for three mana for a 2-2 body, which is fine. Not exciting, but fine. Yeah. Um, and the flash is really nice. It gives you so much flexibility. You're able to exile uh, an opposing token to kill it permanently. You're able to exile a blocker if you want to get through. Um, you're able to save one of your creatures from removal or from damage. Um, I think that like there's just so many good uses for this card. Uh, that it feels like if there's a blue-white flash shell, uh, this card probably goes in there. Yep, and you use a combat trick. I mean, if you're putting up a chump, blo like a chump blocker or something that might trade with another person, and then they try to pump it, then you just bring that in, flash yeah. it, and then it loses. I mean, unless it's playing, um, that person's playing Blossoming Defense or something like that. But this card seems awesome. Flash is just such a big bonus. And then Spell Queller will also like it, so your spirit deck will absolutely love this. Blue-white flash... I am always terrified when I see blue white flash. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. That's that's the beauty of flash. Yep. Also, let's see, retrigger your ETBs, which is is sweet if you've got a good ETB, or like you mentioned, if you want to change one of the targets, like if you have Angel of Sanctions or you have a Spell Queller and you want to switch what it's exiling, then this is a good way to do that as well. Yeah. Next up, we have Painted Bluffs. This is a land. It's a desert, uh, and this. Taps for colorless, and you can pay one and tap it and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Mana base is just, we just keep getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this personally better than the um, Cascading Cataracts that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. just because it's one for one. But Katie, this one's not indestructible. Yeah, <laughs> because stone rain this cause you need <laughs> that on lands in standard. Yeah. Wait a couple months. Hour of Devastation. Uh, yeah. Maybe you will. We'll see. Anyways, it's a common. Pick it up. Yep. Late pick. If you're splashing extra color grab this yeah uh it looks like this card maybe defeats my theory of there's an ability for each color unless this is like the green one but then i'm not sure what the minus one minus one counter in the zombie are more likely they just printed a bunch of deserts have cool <laughs> abilities on them and that's it yeah it's the same yeah. type of land that we had in zendikar um yeah 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 i forget what the name was i but, forget as well um it pretty much the exact same card colorless tap another one tap this to get a color of any color yeah cool Except which is fine is, but yeah Often not good enough for standard. Maybe yeah. if like if deserts. If well, I was gonna say if like when upon rotation, do we lose evolving wilds when? It, uh... They'll probably reprint. I feel like we've had evolving wilds for a long time. No, I mean we've had it for a long time because battle presented cards been standard forever. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, this card, I feel like if we lose access to something like evolving wilds, then maybe this card becomes better. Uh, or decks that like having Eldrazi Displacer. Maybe you decide to run this, but like currently you're not deciding to run the Battle for Zendikar version, so probably not. Right. Hmm. We have Blinding Mummy next, which is white one for a 2-2. Two -two. It's a zombie. Whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, you may tap target artifact or creature. I think this is interesting for the zombie deck. Uh, I think the zombie deck could be kind of aggressive, and we have that one zombie lord that gives everyone menace, so if you can tap one blocker and everyone has menace... I mean, it just becomes even more difficult to block. The 2-2 body and it has no recursion is, like, not as exciting because we've seen some really good zombies. But I, I think this could see play in the zombie deck. Yeah, I think that um, this feels like more of a tempo card mm. and the white-black zombie deck feels more of, like, an aggro deck. So I feel like uh, the, this doesn't have the body to justify playing it. I think you probably have better stuff at uh, the 2-drop slot. 
Um, maybe maybe you end up running this uh, like out of the sideboard or something against a deck that clogs up the board. I don't think it's aggressive enough. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and this actually does see play in the Black White Zombies deck in standard. But um, I do like it in limited, though. It seems yeah. great in limited. I think this card is awesome. I think just because of... Um, I'm trying to think of now the Madness card that brings back a bunch of zombies. This is two black X if you madness it out. And you can create as many zombies as oh, you have. From oh, from under the floorboards? Oh, no, I'm making some. Oh, from under the floorboards. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty cool effect if you're able to do that tap right before you're about to attack. And then, yeah, just tap their whole entire board and attack with something big. It's pretty good. Um, I'm really interested to just see where zombies go. Yeah. It looks Honestly. like we're getting good pieces for them. So. Yeah. Next card is also going to be standard playable. This card was made for you, Franz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bloodlust Insider. Red for a 1-1 human warrior. Tap it. Target creature gains haste till end of turn. This, this is what we're looking for. We have the red cartouche to give haste. This is another one-mana red thing to give haste. Now the mono red aggro deck, uh, I think, like has its pieces. This is it. It needed one more uh, haste giver to make it aggressive enough to, to I think, exist. Uh, or be competitive, and I think that with this card, the Modern Red Aggro deck is now a competitive standard deck. Yeah. Vampires did have this with uh, one colorless, one black, that gives vampires haste, but any creature haste, I mean, it just replaces <laughs> any one drop you can think of. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Now, um, we do have Cartouche of Zeal, the red cartouche, which is also red, and it gives one creature haste and, um, you know, makes a, a blocker, nulls a blocker for a turn. Would you? Do you think you play both of those? Do you think you just yep. play? Blah, blah. I think I play okay. both. Um, I I like both. I like Cartouche because it pumps and it also prevents a blocker. Um, but I like this because this is you can put it on each creature each turn as yeah. opposed to like you can't move the Cartouche around. Right. So I like both of them. I would play them both in the deck. Cool. So just board wipes seem to be a little scary for these models. Yeah, I mean that's always yeah. the that's always what happens, right? With like mono red is mono red tries to kill before board wipe. Yeah. Um, and it depends on what color the control decks are going to be because if they're not in red, then the first board wipe they have is at uh, like four yeah, or Hennie's five mana. Yeah, expertise at four. Um, yeah. But if you are in red, then you're right. We have Radiant Flames and we have the new one that cycles as well that deals three damage to everything. I'm excited about the next card. I can read it. All right. Franz gets okay. read it. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this deck. So the card is Time to Reflect. It's an instant. Exile target creature that blocked or was blocked by a zombie this and turn. What is the cost in this card? Just oh, one white. A single white mana. So the Black White Zombies deck now has access to Fatal Push, Time to Reflect, and Dark Salvation as three possible single mana removal spells. Or, you know, in the case of Dark Salvation, like if you're paying more mana for it, it's also just like it scales really well. I think today we've seen enough to decide that the Black White Zombies deck is also going to be a standard deck. Yeah. yeah. This card, I mean, and the exile tacked on is so important with mm -hmm. this deck right now. What we're seeing with all these recurring graveyard cards, this is so good. In indestructible yeah. gods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they attack with their indestructible god. You're like, all right, like I'll throw this zombie in front of it. It'll come back anyway. And exile your god for one mana. Very good, very good. But is this going to be the mythic uncommon? As, <laughs> oh, it as might be. Fatal as push Fatal was. Push was. Uh, it might be in limited just because like there's enough zombies and, and everything with embalm is also a zombie that this card yeah. becomes really powerful and limited. Oh, I think he was saying mythic uncommon as in like even though they're all them. supposed to be the same yeah. frequency, yeah. like there were no fatal pushes. I don't in my think packs. so. Both fatal push. <laughs> fatal push is so much better than this. Yeah, uh, and like, yeah. but it, maybe we'll have to open some packs and find out. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna go all in embalm. 
I think I'm pretty sold. My vampire deck. It's gonna be sad. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring it out, but I'll bring it on special occasions. Yeah, yeah. and you're switching to another Halloween tribe, so it can't be too <laughs> exactly. sad. Exactly. That's very true. Your decks can get along. Yeah. <laughs> I have too many zombie tokens as it is. <laughs> um, our next card is Lay Claim. This is blue blue five enchantment aura. Enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent. Or you can cycle for two. Seven to enchant a permanent and steal it. Sad. <sighs> it's expensive. I mean, the first thing you think about is like, okay, what's worth taking? Westfield. They're planeswalkers? Ormondal. Ormondal? Yeah, yep. No one's doing that Rizella. right now. Yeah. Um, what else? Gideon allies and a car. Yeah, but none of those even cost seven. I mean, okay, Brazella, sure, sure, because they have to cast both. Westvale, kinda. Kinda. Yeah. Uh, no, I I think that this card's pretty bad. Uh, it doesn't see standard play unless we play control mirrors, and then this comes in post board possibly yeah. uh, as a way to deal with Nicol Bolas next set mm-hmm. um, because he'll probably cost around seven. And this is a, an enormous tempo swing to take your opponent's nickel bolus like win condition. So it's like a foreshadow card. Uh, it might, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, I think that like because they're gonna nickel bolus is we've seen him cost that in the past. He'll probably cost a lot of mana again this time, which means they are going to have to tap out for him. Uh, which means you also have plenty of mana, so you should be able to cast this and take their spell. And they might not have an answer. Maybe they leave up one counter spell, but. If you're at mana, mana parity or land parity, you should be able to have a counter spell as well. And then you're really in trouble if they, you know, you take this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other thing I didn't think about is um, this is seven, so I was I was thinking it feels really bad to take their four cost Gideon for seven on your side. But if you think about it as you're removing a Gideon, so it's a removal spell, and you're sort of casting a Gideon, mm-hmm. then then the seven feels more reasonable. Yeah, it'd be, it's an automatic two for one when you cast it. Um, right. And if you don't want it, like you can cycle it away, which is nice. Right. Yeah. But I, I do think that this doesn't really see play unless there's a really powerful card worth taking and that this card becomes like important. Yeah. I would say I also feel the same way about this in Limited because maybe they have a bomb worth taking, maybe they don't. It's probably one of in their whole deck. Yeah. I feel like normally I you don't, don't play this, this in Limited. Think, yeah. No. I per- yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, what's going to happen? It's like you'll be like, "Dang it, we'll take your bear." Right. <laughs> yeah. Seven I, mana. I got your tutu. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, next up, we have Embalmer's Tools. This is a two mana artifact. Activated abilities of creature cards in your graveyard cost one less to activate. Tap an untapped zombie you control. Target player puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. It's too much zombie love. No. <laughs> I don't think this so card much. matters for zombies though. Like, no. Uh, zombies doesn't seem to care too much about embalm. And zombies also, like, I think you want to be attacking with them. I don't think you want to be tapping them to mill one. Of yeah. your own, to get more embalm cards in the graveyard. But, like, zombies don't care about embalm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't think the card's very good. In limited, I think I would do it if I did have some recursion. If I had some embalm cards, if I had things that could come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does decrease it. But, yeah, it just seems a little slow for constructed in terms yeah. of the yeah. effects that it's doing. This card becomes better uh, if an Hour of Devastation... We get a twist on the graveyard thing uh, where you have creatures that can only activate abilities when they are in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. So you oh. have something like, I don't know, we had a cycle called, like, um, they were, I think they were elementals that was previously printed where, like, uh, Anger um, and Wonder, which were cards that gave all creatures you controlled flying if they were in the graveyard, or haste if they were in the graveyard. So they get, Wizards could take that one step further and say, Green 2, look at the top of your cards your library, put all creatures into your hand. Uh, activate this only if this creature is in the graveyard or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then Embalmer's Tools becomes uh, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here. 
Crazy limb. Imagine that you can do something like under the floorboards, spam zombies. Maybe you have that that card that like doubles tokens. Every time you a token enters battlefield, you get double mm-hmm. that number. Mm-hmm. And then you tap all of your zombies and mill them. And there's some good. Well, I mean, there's a shadows of Innistrad mill, like mill twenty or mill thirteen. Yep. Yep. So. You can try that, and then I will be uh, <laughs> laughing at you when I then use the cards that you just milled to cast Aftermath and Embalm, and uh, then you die, because you just tapped all of your attackers, yeah. and you could have just killed sure. me. Okay, I'll leave back one zombie, okay? And I will fatal push it. <laughs> just won the game of mental magic. Let's go. Yeah. Last card of the night is Labyrinth Guardian, and Franz is going to tell us what it does. Sure. Okay, it's a creature, Illusion Warrior. And when Labyrinth Guardian becomes the target of a spell, sacrifice it. And also has Embalm for three and one blue. And uh, how much does it cost to play? It only costs two mana for a two three. Yeah, so it's blue one, uh, which is a decent rate and limited. I think usually like you're fine with these kinds of cheap illusion effects because since you're paying so little mana for them, the only way they're going to become the target of spell is if an opponent is spending a card to target it. So... It's going to be a one-for-one one anyways, and otherwise this is above rate, right? This is two mana, two, three. I like it. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I mean, it comes in two, three on two. If you're playing first, or if you're on the play and this comes on turn two, it's kind of an intimidating presence in terms of two damage can get to you with. You probably don't have something that could block three that you're willing to get rid of. So it'll come in, get some damage. If it dies, it comes back later on in the game, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. because of its three toughness, it attacks and blocks decently on turn two and three. Mm-hmm. All right. Good card to end on. I think so. Uh, a lot of cards tonight. A lot of cards tonight. Uh, so many cards. A lot of them came from the Twitch show um, that actually was was airing while we were doing this podcast. So that was some some real time card analysis, yo. Uh, <laughs> you know, so we get to sound extra foolish when we try to evaluate these cards that we're seeing for the first time. So, uh, Franz, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, though. It was a blast. It was a pleasure. You're uh, always welcome to come back. We'll be doing this again, certainly, for uh, our devastation. next season. Next season of Spoiler Season. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, As always, we're brought to you by Flipside Gaming, flipsidegaming.com, and New England Comics, NEC Coolidge on Facebook. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And I'm Franz. And this is Spoiler Spoiler Season. Season.